Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Riverfront. This is episode number 474 of the world's most dangerous podcast, where we discuss the Cincinnati Reds and occasionally Gookie Dawkins. I'm your host, Chad Dotson, with me this week, the man, the myth, the legend, Nate. How are you, Nate? Chad, I am spectacular. Uh, 474 episodes. What is wrong with people? <laughs> yeah, the question is not really what's wrong with us, because people already realize that there's something wrong with us. But yeah, what's wrong with all of you that keep downloading this thing That's or keep tuning in on crazy. YouTube? crazy. It's amazing that people like the Reds that much. And you know, we're glad they do, because it gives us something to do once a week. And speaking of a week, it's been an eventful week in Reds land since the last time we spoke. Eventful because we had a hangout with our Patreon family. Is that what you're talking about? Uh, That's exactly what I'm talking about. I thought so, yeah. (laughs) No, let's talk about the week that was here. And uh, it's going to seem bad when I say this, okay? But I promise you it's really not as bad as as, uh, it sounds, okay? Since we were last with you, oh my. um, The Reds lost five games. They did win one. Um, they against the Philadelphia Phillies at Philadelphia. All these games were on the road. Six game road trip. The Reds uh, lost the first two in Philadelphia, um, uh, one in devastating fashion, and then were swept by the Braves at in Atlanta. Again, one of the at least one of those in devastating fashion. So the Reds now stand at four and seven. They are three and a half games out of first. They're in last place, and yet somehow I still maintain this. Somehow still. Fun to watch. I, I, I don't know how to explain it, but I, I'm having a, a blast. Yeah, some things are frustrating. We'll talk about the bullpen, but uh, the games have kind of been fun, and the team is by and large fun. So, uh, I don't know. I want to be mad because they're 4-7, and seven, but I, I can't really be. Yeah, I don't feel any worse about this club than I did last week when we were on here, and they had a winning record or were close to it. I... I'm having a great time watching them. They're they're a whole lot of fun for somewhere between, you know, six and you know, five and five and six and a half innings. <laughs> yeah. Some things tend to happen that I think we should probably get into here shortly. But um, I've been loving the way. I mean, three one run losses to the Braves. Um, that's that's a World Series contender right there. Missing a couple pieces, but whatever. That that roster is built to last. You know, they were in every game against the Phillies team that was in the World Series last year. There's some Bryce Harper, yeah, you know, Hoskins, whatever. These are really, really good teams, and the Reds are making them work. They're fighting back, and they seem to be about as resilient of a team as I can remember. It's early on. We'll see what happens, man, but still, good vibes only with this uh, 2023 Reds team. Well, good vibes mostly, maybe, but mostly, um, mostly. yeah, uh, no, I'm the same way. I haven't changed my opinion of this team. I never, I didn't think the team was going to be very good. Um, and and as I said many times during spring training, if they can just be interesting, I'm okay with that. It's like I just got swept by the Braves. The Braves are really good. They got swept, and guess what? They're all three one run games. Now I, I prefer them not to lose, but if you lose and it's a one run game, it's exciting, it's tense, then. You know, that's about the most we can hope for these days. But uh, before we get into the reason why uh, they're not coming out on the right end of a lot of these one-run games, let's talk about some of the highlights. And the thing that we're going to probably do, and maybe we should lead off every show with this all season long, <laughs> let's talk about the big three. Uh, Hunter Green, Nick Lodolo, and Graham Ashcraft. Nick Lodolo is actually pitching tonight as we uh, speak, and I'm just going to flip down and see what his line is uh, so far. Four and a third innings, eight hits, two earned runs, 
two walks, six strikeouts. Reds lead four to two in the uh, top of the fifth as we uh, record this. You're already going to know what the final is there. So, But let's talk about what the, they've done before today. And I guess let's start with Hunter Green. You know, there's kind of this thing going on. It's a really strange thing. And our buddy Carlos identified it really well today. But I'd, I'd seen it some um, around uh, the Twitters, which is some people are think that Hunter Green is a bust and needs to go to the bullpen. I, I mean, seriously, people are dropping into my mentions to say he just needs to be a closer. He's never going to be able to perfect the third pitch. He just needs to be a closer. And then there are some people who, like his, his, you know, his game yesterday, was was good, but they're proclaiming, oh, my gosh, amazing. And the answer somewhere in between. He's going to get to amazing if he stays healthy. Please, dear Lord, stay healthy. But I don't know. What we've seen out of him so far, I'm – He's 23 years old. Can we say that? He's 23 years old. Yes, he has a 5.14 ERA. But he struck out 23. He's only walked six. Um, he's, you know, he's been basically a league average pitcher through his first three starts, uh, if you can believe that, even despite that ERA. If you look at his ERA plus, it's uh, it's basically right league average. And um, I don't know. I just – am I taking crazy pills or is everyone else here? He's not the best pitcher in the league yet. But he's 23 and wanting to banish him to the bullpen already. No, that's where Graham Ashcraft's going. We don't need to send Hunter Green there. Sorry, that was that was that was unnecessary. That was argumentative. Stricken from the I record. saw someone post something yesterday on the Twitters saying exactly what you were. That uh, there's people that are blowing them up saying that Hunter Green is needs to be demoted, needs to be sent down, something. And I I don't know what's going on because I don't follow any of these people apparently. So I'm just never going to follow anybody else on Twitter because I don't want to run that risk. I don't need that kind of negativity in my life. Um, here's a question for you: If we would have, if I would have asked you, and I probably did, going into this season, what do you want to see the most at Hunter Green? What would you have said? Uh, I want to see him grow his hair really, really out as, as okay. much as he can. What's the third thing you had said? <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I want to see him uh, progress. Just make progress. Yeah, over yeah. over last year. He's a kid still. We want to see progress out of this 11-year-old guy who's the youngest pitcher in Major League history. Um, and we're seeing it right now in real time. No walks yesterday. Yeah, that, That's a huge, huge step. He, he's, he's learning how to pitch instead of just throwing, instead of relying on that strikeout, learning he can pitch to contact. Yeah, you're going to give up some hits when you do that as you're figuring this out. Anybody that thinks anything less than or has anything less than the highest of hopes for Hunter Green, stay out of my mentions, stay off the comments, just get out of here. You're wrong. I don't know. I don't know how to say it. It's crazy. It's just it's he's 23 years old and he's uh, doing things that other pitchers can't do. Yeah, 10, 10 strikeouts. Yes, yes. Uh, his defense let him down a little bit. Um, and that's a bit of a theme. The defense has not been great for the Reds. Um, I won't say it's the worst in the league, but it's not been great for the Reds so far this season. But, again, get out of here. I have no issues whatsoever with what Hunter Green's done. 2.55 fielding independent pitching. That's really good. See? That is. And, again, how much we trust these numbers with this small sample size, I don't know. But it, but that that's evidence that he's pitched yeah. way far better than his ERA. So, What's the worry about? Let him, let the kid grow up a little bit. I think we get a little bit. I think the fans get a little bit uh, fooled by the fact that Hunter Green is so poised that he does seem like he's 29 years old. You know, I mean, he mm -hmm. he he has 
court because he's been in the public spotlight since he was, you know, a kid. And so uh, maybe that's what it is. But I, I don't know. I, I'm I'm thrilled with what we're getting from Hunter Green. No issues whatsoever. Uh, let's go to Nick Lodolo. Nick Lodolo hmm. Fangraphs had a piece today about Nick Lodolo that each of you need to go and read. And it basically said Nick Lodolo is Randy Johnson. Nick Lodolo is Randy Johnson. I'm, I'm, let me say it again. I want you to, to, to take that in. Nick Lodolo is Randy Johnson. Essentially, I mean, first of all, Nick Lodolo's numbers are uh, are outstanding. He's 1-0, 1.5 ERA through two starts. And tonight, uh, it's going to go up a little bit because he's given up a couple runs. Um, 21 strikeouts against four walks. His, uh, his ERA plus, now remember, 100 ERA plus is league average. Nick Lodolo's ERA plus is 341. Two starts, don't make too much of it, but still, he's been great. And the, the idea behind the Randy Johnson comparisons is not that he's going to grow another uh, six, seven inches, but that he, uh, if you haven't seen any of the, the video of his crazy pitches, like the dude in uh, Philadelphia, I guess it was, was it Philadelphia? Who swung, I can't even remember the name of the guy now, but swung and missed for a third strike against Nick Lodolo, and the ball hit him. <laughs> after he's after after he swung and missed, he's getting so many swings and misses on these crazy sweeping, uh, sweeping curveballs, and it's the, the idea basically essentially is his his delivery is different than anyone else's in the league, mm-hmm. and it's really hard for batters to pick it up, you know, um, and get used to it in in you know in the first two three times through the lineup, and so he's able to get some crazy strikeouts. I, Nick Lodolo is right now probably the bet has been the best player on the Reds so far. I would. Yeah venture to say so thoughts about Nick Lodolo um one I think you should apologize to him for calling him Randy Johnson Nick Lodolo is a more handsome man than Randy Johnson was Un- never killed a bird never, never killed a bird either as far, far as, we as we know as far as we know um there was a graphic floating around I can't remember who shared it, it might have been John Sadak um talking about his release point he has one of the most unique release points of anybody in the league um I by the time this releases, obviously to the Thursday night game will be over. But his start today has been one of my uh, my favorite Nickel Dolo starts. The line isn't going to end up great, but he doesn't have his location tonight. He has been battling through it and still, you know, out there and, and, and eating up some innings and making it an effective outing. At least by the time I turned it off, so we could record this. So sky's the limit with this guy. I was big on him going into the season. I'm even higher now. His yeah. stuff is ridiculous. And I think we have to officially call it the Lodolo when you get somebody to swing at a pitch that hits him. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's official. You know, there are people also that say, Lodolo's the ace of the staff. He's way better than Hunter Green. And yeah, right now, I, I, maybe. Maybe he is. I'll, I'll, I'll buy that. That's fine. Call him the ace of the staff if you want. Um, also, where's Hunter Green going to be in two years? When he's the same age as Nick Lodolo. What's Hunter Green going to do when he has two more years of big league competition under his belt? So, um, boy, I tell you what, uh, the, the next, though, two, three years with these guys, it's just if, if you're struggling to get excited about a Reds team that's already three games under 500, that's blown some leads, that is not set up to be uh, exciting, and you don't want to be a prospect hugger either, just look at these starting pitchers. And we'll talk about the third one in a moment and because it's, it's, as as good as we could have hoped, and it's only going to get better, um, presuming health. 
All right, I'm going to let you take the lead on the uh, the third guy because uh, he's fun to talk about as well and been very, very good. What can we say about Graham the Man Ashcraft that we haven't said already on this podcast over and over? The guy just shows up and gets out. Um, one of the things I've noticed about Graham Ashcraft this season, he looks a lot more confident. Um, he just looks comfortable on the mound. He looks like he's in better shape, which I am not necessarily in support of. <laughs> but if it makes him a more effective pitcher, then I can get behind it. Um, he is on that trajectory to reach his full potential in a way that I even I didn't see coming. And nobody's been higher on this guy than I am. Yeah. Again, also 25. Uh, pitched uh, seven innings in his first start, six in his second start. Uh, just, uh, you know. And his strikeouts haven't been as many as the, as the other two, which surprised me a little bit because of the way he looked uh, in his first start. But, that's, but, yeah, he's, but they're up from last year. Right, yeah, 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 and, and he's not walking people. Um, yeah, he has. Uh, I, I don't. Again, we, we're repeating ourselves largely. These guys are remarkable, and it's been fun to watch them. And so, uh, we probably need to move on because there's nothing else we can say. Yay for these three. A uh, couple other guys on the offensive side that I think we at least ought to touch on in terms of uh, their, you know, their their excellent start. I need to start with. I can put this on our uh, on our. Uh, outline but i do want to mention spencer steer that dude looks the part man he's hitting 306 390 on base 583 slugging 147 ops plus uh, we sort of in the spring you'll remember we were like all these projections are saying he might be the best offensive player of the reds i don't know what they're saying but i hope it's right and you watch the guy and he's got a clue i mean he looks like a player the, i mean the eye test now the numbers are showing it as well but i'm in I'm getting more enthusiastic about Spencer Steer by the day. He's got that one dot OPS. He uh, is. There were a lot of rumblings in spring training about him uh, being a, being a bad defender, at least having a really rough spring defensively. He's made some big plays, made a big one tonight. Um, I I was lukewarm at best on Spencer Steer, and I I have to eat some crow on that one. I was wrong. This guy might be the best the best hitter on the team. Oh man, it's possible. You know, we do have to acknowledge he's also had a couple of uh, lapses defensively, but he's made some amazing sure. plays. And you mentioned the one and tonight, the diving play. But, and it's also uh, worth knowing that he is a rookie, and, and there'll be more tape on him soon. So we'll see what happens when pitchers face him, you know, for the second and third time. But uh, man, he is—he looks it right now. He's his approach to the plate, long at bats, um, short concise swing. I, I'm loving it. Loving this pitcher's steer era. Yeah, his approach. That's why I'm hopeful that when the pitchers inevitably adjust, this is what has to happen. The batter has to adjust as well, and it's a, just a constant push and pull for the rest of your career, essentially. Um, and I'm, I'm hopeful that he can because, again, I don't want to just say the eye test, but he's, he's hit everywhere he's been. Uh, and, you know, if he can just be a, you know, a cromulent defensive third baseman, he really can be a, a valuable member of this team for the next few years. 25 years old. Um, before we talk about the, the guy that I really want to talk about that I have been lukewarm on for many years, but who has changed my mind completely in just 11 games. Not quite 11 games, but uh, before we get to him, Jonathan India, you know, 310 average, 420 on base, 452 slugging. Um, India came into spring training trying to claim the mantle of leader. And you got to say, he has, uh, he led with his mouth, you know, uh, he, he proclaimed vocally he wanted to be the leader, but on the field he's leading with his play as well. And uh, and the the team does seem to take a little bit of uh, 
uh, take their cues from India a little bit. Maybe that's just me reading into it based on uh, everything. But it seems like uh, he's playing with energy. When he gets on base, he gets things going. And uh, loving Jonathan. He also loved Jonathan at DH tonight because Jonathan yes. his defense has been um, – well, his offense is really good. <laughs> he's hitting the ball. But Jonathan India, yay, right? Feels like he's been on base to lead off the game every single game this season, which I'm not going to look it up. We don't we don't fact check on this show, but uh, take it to the bank. He uh, tonight he led off with a double, stole third, and scored on an errant throw from there. Um, this is the the tone that he has set has permeated through the lineup, and is has to be a major major influence on this next guy we're going to talk about. Yeah, no doubt he scored 13 runs in uh, what 12 games now. Uh, no one else has more than seven on this team. Now, that's a function of being the leadoff uh, hitter, obviously, and having the, the hitters behind him. But it's also a function of getting on base, making right. things happen. Um, and the guy behind him that's been hitting that uh, has uh, only scored seven runs, which is surprising. But let's just talk about him, TJ Friedel. Uh, in my weekly column at Cincinnati Magazine, I, I was there was a lot of things, a number of things that I considered writing about because it's early and there's a lot of storylines. And uh, I, I wanted to explore the center field position because for the last four years, center field has been – no one's got, gotten more games in center field for the Cincinnati Reds than Nick Senzel, who is back in the lineup tonight, by the way. We'll talk Ooh. about him later. Yeah, um, after a successful rehab stint. Um, 0 for 2 as we talk tonight. But, um, but you know, and, and the, the presumption is that if he had been healthy, the presumption probably is he would be the center fielder right now. Or, I guess, up till now. He's, um, he is the center fielder tonight. Because um, Friedel's out of the game. But... T.J. Friedel has just been, well, first of all, 350 average, 395 on base, 600 slugging, uh, 153 OPS plus. And, and I, I framed my, my piece around the fact that he's already bunted for four base hits. And, uh, you know, I hate bunts unless you're bunting for a hit. And that's, he says, there's no sacrifices for me. Every bunt I'm trying to get on base. The Reds had eight all of last year. Um, already he has four this year. And I love a guy like T.J. Friedel who I, I hate butts, like I say, but a guy that has some pop too, that can maybe, he, he says, I want to get five bunt base hits per month. That's 30 extra hits a year. I'm like, yeah, that's a pretty good idea if you can take advantage of the defense and get that in addition to being able to hit with some pop. Now, is TJ Friedel, uh, you know, a superstar? He's 27. So, you know, it's it's unlikely that a guy that, that comes up that late. But you know what? He went down to the minors last year. And since he uh, came back, uh, he has about 200 plate appearances and an OPS of, you know, I guess, yeah, gosh, over 900, an OPS over 900 uh, in those two, uh, 200-ish plate appearances. Um, he had eight home runs after August 16 when he came back, zero before that. He made a little bit of a, a, a change in his stance. Steve Mancuso at Reds Content Plus uh, sort of has a visual representation of what changed. Now, we don't know if that's really what caused all this because we're still sort of small sample sizes but he is the, he's like jonathan india you know a and jonathan india b he, jonathan india light maybe uh because uh the hair and just he's he hustles everywhere he goes he's the type of guy that we say all the time cincinnati fans are um inclined to like so i've just talked a lot about tj Friedel. i wrote a lot about him go go read that uh nate have i have i taken all the wind out of the room or do you have some things to add I don't need to go too much further on the TJ Friedel train. We talked in that uh, in our buy sell hold episode, trying to figure out whether or not he was legit. And I am firmly in the uh, the, the buy camp now. I'm, I'm, I'm a believer. 
Um, he is comfortable. He's not overmatched, which we kind of thought he would be, and he's been crushing. Keep it up, TJ. I love to see it. But this leads me to my rant for the day. This is what's been really uh, eating at me for a few days, and it was in that Reds' uh, 7-6 loss to the Braves in game two of that series. TJ Friedel, number two hitter that game. Ostensibly, you know, one of the, one of the top hitters in your in your lineup, followed by Jake Fraley, another guy who's hitting the cover off the ball right now, mm-hmm. playing out of his mind. Number three hitter, ostensibly is the the best hitter in the lineup that day. David Flippin Bell, pinch hits <laughs> for his number two and number three hitter. Not exactly a spirited walk through the heart of your lineup, David. Has he never even watched Little Big League? They went through this exact scenario. <laughs> in one of the greatest baseball movies of all time. But I am done. I'm out. I'm David Bell. I have just been like, you know, man, on David Bell for so long because who cares? He's not great. He's not terrible. But this is inexcusable. How are you going to pinch hit for two or three or four best hitters, guys that are not only, you know, the better guys on your roster, but are lights out right now. They're hot. Yeah, lefty-righty matchup, whatever. The guy shouldn't be batting in the three-hole. If you have to pinch it for him in the ninth inning, that's it. David <laughs> Bell is not a wartime consigliere. He might be <laughs> fine during peacetime, but he is not the guy when this team is trying to make little steps. That's it. I'm out Ouch. on David Bell. Ouch. Out on David Bell. Wow. Breaking news here tonight. Nate is out on David Bell. Uh, yeah. You know, and the thing about, uh, I haven't looked up Jake Fraley's splits, although we probably should have mentioned him because he is, like you said, he's killing the ball. 333 average, 462 on pace, 500 slugging, 149 OPS plus. Um, just absolutely killing the ball. Um, I, I haven't looked up his splits. I did look up TJ Friedel's splits as I was writing that piece, and he doesn't have a ton of at-bats against left-handed pitchers. But he actually has, has hit better in the major leagues against lefties than, than righties. So. Yeah. Um, and I don't, I don't, again, I don't know what his minor league splits look like. I couldn't find them. I don't know where you even find those. I tried. Uh, I didn't try that hard, but I tried. And uh, so. I mean, it's uh, fair I'm, to, I mean, Jake Fairley's numbers against lefties has not been good. It's been bad. But his numbers against righties weren't very good either for a long time. He, like T.J. Friedel, made some changes, got healthy, came back, and has been crushing. What does this team have to lose? I mean, you have nothing to lose by letting Jake Fraley go up there and bat in the ninth inning when he's hotter than the sun instead of pinch hitting Kevin Newman. <laughs> Be immortal. Just, go see Newman. if this guy, he's earned the right. Both of these guys have earned the right to get out there and see what they can do. Well, I'm going to uh, sort of mildly push back. I don't know if they've earned anything. They haven't really had a ton of success on the big league level. But so far this year, ride that horse while, while you can. I'm with you on that. Um Although I'm always for more playing time for Kevin Newman. Yes, please. Um, do you see O'Neill Cruz, the wonderful, wonderful young shortstop for the, uh, the Pirates? Do you see where he got hurt there? Yeah. That's bad. That was ugly. Mm-hmm. But it made me think maybe they want maybe they want to bring their old friend Kevin Newman back to play shortstop. Can they, can they give us Dari Moretta back? <laughs> oh, I'd, I'd make that trade. Actually, I would definitely make that trade, given what we're going to talk about uh, next. We probably do need to get into it, don't we? Yeah, I guess so. All right. So we've tried to talk, talk about positive things. The elephant in the room is the bullpen. And the bullpen is uh, is not good. 
the bullpen has been the cause of a lot of consternation because they seem to blow every single lead they get. Now, I'm going to make the case that the bullpen's not as bad as everyone thinks it is, or hasn't been Ooh. as bad as everyone thinks it is. I think they are going to be bad throughout the season. I don't see there's just not very many good pitchers there. But um, let's start from one of our first viewer mail question here. First viewer mail question comes from James Urban. These questions, as always, come from our friends at patreon.com slash riverfront sensi. James Urban says, say something nice about the bullpen. Nate, did you know? The Cincinnati Reds bullpen is the eighth best bullpen in baseball, according to Fangraph's wins above replacement. Ooh. Eighth best that. in baseball. Now, big caveats about pitching war is a work in progress, and I don't necessarily trust it, and small sample size, et cetera. But I started looking at the uh, the uh, the numbers, you know, trying to see how they compare to see, are they really as bad as they have seemed? And yes, their ERA is eighth worst in baseball so far, 5.26 ERA. And they have blown some games, but, um, and I expect that they're not going to be very good because they're just not very good. But while they have blown these games, they're still one-run games. They're not like getting destroyed. Now that doesn't help us any when we see Derek Law throw one pitch in extra innings and maybe a walk-off. But uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to put lipstick on a pig here, but, um, this is going to be a recurring theme all year, isn't it? Yeah, if you're looking at something, they're uh, fielding independent pitching is 4.27, which is not good, but it's not as bad as their robust, you know, 5.26 ERA as a as a team. I don't know what you want out of them. You want to say something nice about the bullpen? I'm, these guys are all amongst the best in the entire world at their craft. It's true. Unfortunately, yeah. amongst their peers, they're not. <laughs> Among the Alexis Diaz has been great. Um, I mean, I, I've liked what I've seen out of Alex Young. I yeah, think he should definitely. be the first lefty out now. I think Reaver San Martin has been a uh, – and he's figured some stuff out. But I don't, it's, it's, it's – as a fan, you get so excited when your team's playing hard and doing well. And this team has been doing that largely. And even when we had no expectations that this club was going to succeed, having all of these one-run losses, and I think of all seven losses the team has so far, the bullpen has given up a lead in six of them. Uh, yeah, either a tie or, or a lead. You can't blame David Bell for that, but a lot of people on mine were like, oh, all the people that were betting on the Reds to lose 100 games, now they're saying they're just a few bullpen pieces away from contending. I was like, well, <laughs> yeah, but the argument isn't that you know, we reverse courses that we've always just wanted the ownership to spend a little bit of money to put the pieces together. Nick Kroll apparently has done a very good job of putting the offensive pieces together. But they're missing two starters, and the bullpen is a dumpster fire. And if the yeah. bullpen was cromulent, as, as you were wont to say, and they had two more wins, then they're six and five right now instead of seven and four. And that's a whole lot more fun. I think that's the most irritating thing. The more I look at it, is go out if you go out and sign one starting pitcher. Go sign one more bat, one more everyday bat, and then just spend a little bit of money to uh, help the bullpen. You, you're really not talking about spending a ton of money. You're still going to have one of the lowest payrolls in all of baseball if you just do that. 
And are you going to have a team that can compete for the World Series? No, almost certainly not. But you do have a team that could be, you know, 500 or even, you know, getting up in the, the wild card territory. There wasn't a whole lot that you had to necessarily do to just be competitive. And, um, and you know, of course, that also depends on guys like Stevenson and in India coming back and being the guys that we hope they could be, you know, and Spencer Steer developing. And, you know, T.J. Friedel's probably not going to keep hitting like this. But on the other hand, Will Myers is probably not going to keep hitting like he's been hitting, which right. is really, really ugly. Um, so, yeah, it's it, the, the bullpen is just – it's such a – it's been such a thorn in our side for so many years that it's frustrating to see it again. The last thing I want to say about it is that obviously I don't I, I don't shouldn't say obviously but I do not expect the team to I think I think they're underperforming right now I'm that high on this club because wow. a four and seven if you extrapolate that across 162 games that's a 59 win pace so I hope some <laughs> of these one one run games start falling the other way because. This team could somehow be fun, competitive, exciting, and all the things you want to see, and also lose 100 games. Please, God, no. I can't do that again. I can't. Yeah, and there's a question later that are going to let us get into that a little bit. By the way, Alex Young uh, came in in relief of Lodolo, pitched a scoreless uh, inning, struck out two hitters. Um, oh. So he's good. Hey, you know, and uh, Tyler, Ste <laughs> Tyler Stevenson, two hits tonight. Spencer Steer, two hits tonight. So far, I mean, we're just in the sixth inning. Is Tyler um, Stevenson going to find that power? He needs to get. He needs to get some power, man. That stat line is weird. He has a three eighty three going in tonight on base percentage, and his OPS is only seven twenty four. Okay, small sample size caveats, as with everything we're saying here. But sure. yeah, he's hitting well, he but he's not hit, hit with much pop, is he? No home runs, two doubles. You want to know the best thing I see out of tonight's uh, two thirds of the game uh, box score? I'm just kind of barely paying attention. Will Myers, two for three. Let's go. Will Let's Myers go. got his average up over 200 now. Um, any other individual players we think we need to kind of uh, look at? Jason Vosler has fallen into the crater that we that you know, we hoped he wouldn't, but was probably predicted by um, his previous numbers. Myers Jose Rero hit one of the hardest balls of the year so far. Got his first home run of the season. He's not – had a good night tonight. At least he hadn't while well, I was still watching, but uh, showing some signs. I think there, there's some positive positive things to take away from Jose Barrero's approach the last week or so. Well, you know, he's had a, a brain fart or two uh, defensively, but also has looked exceptionally. I mean, he, you talk about looking the part. That dude is, if there's a better defensive shortstop amongst all these prospects, then they're going to be have to be pretty good to be a better defensive shortstop. I'm really high on his defense, but yeah. he's not hit. But, man, that home run, you're right, absolutely destroyed. Um, I'm just looking. I don't really see anyone else that we necessarily need to highlight. So let's talk about some other uh, – we did have one more question about the bullpen from Kyle Kapler. The bullpen sucks. That's not a question. Oh, there's more. Will Nick Kroll ever build at least a league average bullpen? Uh, maybe. He never has. I mean, I believe it when I see it. Yeah. How he much traded Dari Moretta and uh, for, for Kevin Newman. Um, how much of that is his fault? How much is it is the ownership's fault for not spending? It's it's a little of both. But the fact of the matter is, you don't have to spend a ton to at least put together a you know decent bullpen. 
Um, you may have to spend a ton to make sure that you have an elite bullpen because re- relievers are just year to year. You don't really know what you're going to get. But you get a bunch of retreads like the Reds got, a bunch of guys that have been released by other organizations. It's You're you're just waiting for disaster. So, uh, the jury will out on that. News of the week, Nixon Zell. You've heard of Nixon Zell. We just mentioned him earlier. He is 0 for 3. One strike out, left four runners on base. He is back in the lineup tonight uh, for his first game after a rehab assignment in AAA. While down there, he was pretty good. He played mm-hmm. three different positions down there, which is interesting. Um, and it was interesting to see him play in center field tonight for Cincinnati because he played center field. He played third base and even made a start at second base in Louisville, which sort of comes back to what we talked about a couple weeks ago, which is just, is he going to become a super sub top player? And maybe he is. We'll see. But he hit the ball well. His uh, slash line, his batting average doesn't look great, 240, but 406 uh, on base, 440 slug, a couple doubles, a home run. He won six times. And um, and Doug Gray noted at resignation that of the 17 balls he put in play uh, while on rehab down there, um, seven of them were over 90 miles per hour exit velocity. Four were over 100 miles per hour. Um and one that that uh, had an exit velocity of 109 miles per hour, and he's he's only hit two in his career ever harder than that. So he's hitting the ball hard. He has uh, played a, play, and played defensively fairly well um, everywhere. Uh, he's back in the big leagues, and he's over three. So you know who knows? But uh, this is the, tonight, tonight, Thursday, April 13, the year of our Lord 2013. No, 2023. What year is this? Good grief, Dotson. Um, breakout season incoming. It begins tonight. Nick Senzel finally, and this is the sixth consecutive season I predicted it, but this is the year. Nick Senzel's about to have his breakout season. Let's go. Um, yeah, you're probably wrong. But I hope you're right. I want you to be right. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I'm much like a couple of these guys we'll talk about in just a second. No expectations. So it's, it's like it's like my golf game. You know, I, I'm not good enough at golf to get mad when I play poorly. But I get really excited when I hit good shots. So I'm just going to do that. I'm going to get really excited when Nixon Zell does good things. Uh, I, I presume Nixon Zell is ready, but also there was a, a reason that to bring him up now, which is that the Reds uh, sent Will Benson down. Will Benson, who I talked about a lot in the uh, – in the spring training and leading up to the season. Will Benson, frankly, has looked overmatched. Uh, eight games, 21 plate appearances. He has uh, struck out 12 times, batting average of 050, on base percentage on the interstate, 095, slugging 050, OPS plus negative 61. That's, that's bad. Uh, Will Benson, he had a highlight real catch, which was great. And gosh, he looks like a player, but. Um, he looked an awful lot like the guy from a couple years ago in the minors that had struggled to make contact, struck out too much. And how much of it is just impressing? How much of it is, is his first real chance to be a starter on a big league team? And he, you know, got in his head. I don't know. But the fact of the matter is, again, we're only talking about 21 plate appearances, so it's a small sample size, but there's no way you can put lipstick on this pig. Uh, he looked really, really bad. So he'll go down to AAA and hopefully get it together. But uh, if you do you want to criticize Will Benson some more? No, I think he's gotten plenty of that. Go down, figure it out, young fella. We'll see you soon. Definitely. Now the Reds did send Lucas Sims and Luke Weaver to AAA on a rehab assignment. Hopefully two guys that could come and 
and shore up the uh, the bullpen and Lucas Sims and the, the starting rotation, presumably in Luke Weaver. Although, you know, I see a lot of uh, – although Weaver had a great first start um, in Louisville, but I see a lot of this, oh, man, Connor Overman, get him out here, get Luke Weaver up here. And I'm like, go look at Luke Weaver's career stats. Why, why do we think he's going to be an upgrade? <laughs> I'm not quite sure. Now, you know, Connor Overton and uh, – you know, uh, Luis Sessa have been not good. Uh, Overton's ERA, 10.13, Sessa's 7. So maybe Luke Weaver will be better than, than those. But um, I'm just not all that uh, enthused about what we're going to get from Luke Weaver. Um, trying to pull the stats here. If you're looking for a reason to be happy about Luke, Luke Weaver, Weaver joining the rotation, it is that I don't think Connor Overton is the one that gets bumped out. I think it's Luis Sessa, and I think that makes the bullpen a little bit better. Yeah, Sessa looked good in a couple of innings the other night. I'm like, wow, I wish there was some role we could find for Sessa where he pitches two innings in a game. <laughs> I'm not sure what that role might be, but yeah, yeah, get him in the bullpen because they, they need help. Um, and I would usually never say, because a starter is more valuable than a reliever in general, but this bullpen needs help. This <laughs> bullpen needs help, and it's not like he's lights out as, as a starter. Um, Weaver's first start in uh, AAA for – Hitless innings. He did uh, walk a couple, but he struck out four. Look, looked really good. Um, Lucas Sims has pitched in two games. He uh, has an ERA of, uh, let's see, where is he? I'm looking at him. ERA of zero. Two games, pitched good. two innings. Yeah, so he's not allowed to run. And I uh, only allowed one hit in those two innings. So, I, yeah, again, everybody keeps saying uh, – to get back to the bullpen for just one moment, it's a point I meant to make earlier. I keep getting this. Well, if you know, if everybody were healthy, then Nick Cross bullpen would be pretty good because you have Sims and and Antone and Santillan, and so that could be a it could have been a, at least an average bullpen. And my response is, well, first of all, if your strategy is to hope that everybody stays healthy so that you have a decent bullpen, okay, well that, then you've screwed up because that's never happened, and you have to have depth so that you can plan on on that happening. And the other is that, yes, Antone and Sims have looked pretty good, and Santion in, in times in their career. They've never been able to stay healthy, We and they've never really pitched for an extended period of time and, and been good, so you don't really know what you're going to get. I'm hopeful. Uh, and some news about Antone. And let's go ahead to the news about uh, TJ Antone. He announced on uh, Twitter this week he's going to begin throwing next week, so maybe back uh, sooner rather than later. I don't know. I still wouldn't expect him back before the second half until we know more, but he is going to be get, begin throwing. Um, I don't know. Uh, I would take Weaver and Sims on this staff right now, but temper your expectations, I think. Yeah. they. Um, I'm really, really excited to join the club whenever it happens, but like Nick Senzel, uh, you can't count on it. You can't count on these guys to be good. They have, they have shown flashes, sure, but in what universe are these the uh, you know shut-down relievers that are going to anchor this bullpen for the next few years? I just I don't, I don't see it. I hope it, but I don't see it. Yeah. Um, staying with the the, uh, the topic of rehabbing big leaguers that are rehabbing in the minors right now, uh, Joey Votto, obviously, everyone's favorite player. Well, everyone here at the Riverfront's favorite player. Joe, Joey Votto, uh, yeah, we had a f- fun couple games there from Jason Vosler, but Vosler's numbers have, have tanked 167, batting average 189 on base, 528 slugging. So that's, that's something just to have those three home runs. But he's, you know, Jason Bosser is not your answer at age 29, as much as we wanted that to be the case. Joey Votto, I was hopeful, would be back by now. And he's playing consistently in AAA. He's played nine games. And he does not look good. 
Uh, he just does not look good. And if you watched him any, the swing just doesn't look right yet. And I don't think we'll see him until the swing is right, until he feels right. So we may he may not be back soon. I don't think he's going to rush himself, as we've talked about many times here on the show. But 152 average, 275 on base, 273 slugging. He does have that one home run that was in his first bat of the year, I believe. Uh, but it, yeah, I think so. But only one other extra race hit, uh, which was a double. Um, he's just not looking. He's not looking like the revitalized Joey Votto we'd hope to see yet. Now he's coming off surgery. This is, he's played nine games, you know, um, and, and didn't play most of spring training. So I, I'm not ready to cast off Joey Votto because I'm never going to cast him off again. Never going to doubt him. But I don't know that we're going to see him very soon. Do you have any thoughts about Joey Votto? I want to throw the caveat that I've heard a lot that Joey Votto treats these rehab assignments like a lot of players will spring training. And essentially this is just extended spring training for him. But he's not just out there trying to get base hits. He's he's working on specific things. I know I've heard him talk about how he likes on these assignments to let the ball get really, really deep. So he can literally see how well he's seeing it before he even tries to swing. So don't you know take the take the slash line with a grain of salt. But you're right, it, it hasn't looked great. But I would like to know what what's his what are his splits for April and May. You know, let the weather get warm, and then Joey Votto is going to come with it, and then he's going to come. He's going to hit thirty bombs in the second half, and then we're going to sign him to a lifetime deal. Bring it on, man! Yeah, I'm here for that. <laughs> I'm here for that. I'm also here for the fact that Jose Barrero just doubled in a run. Let's go. Come on, Jose Barrero. Um, I'm rooting for that kid. I don't know why. Um, there I get up on people him. People were mean to him last season. <laughs> so, <laughs> I feel like he got, he got cyber bullied or something, and I just want to have <laughs> his back. I want Jose to know that we're here for him, the Riverfront. Uh, I, I just I like watching the kid defensively mostly, but I, I just he looks the part and he looks like a I don't know him. I've never met him. Um I've Never talked to him about it. Has met him, I guess. Well, I guess I, that's not true. I have. But um, he just, I don't know. He looks like a guy I want to root for for some reason. So go Jose Barrero. Um, all right. What else did we have? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Two more things I want to talk about before we get to our viewer mail, Nate. The first of these is that there was a new poll. It's not, not a poll. Never mind. I don't know why I said that. A new ranking, prospect ranking by... Just baseball, just baseball, not only baseball, not simply baseball. It's just baseball. And a little anecdote um, for just baseball. If you're wondering how uh, reliable they are, they are the reason that I found out about Graham Ashcraft. They were on him early. Hmm. Well, they came out with their latest top 100 prospect list and Number one with a bullet, Ooh. Ellie De La Cruz, the number one prospect in all of it's baseball. Cool. And you know, Ellie De La Cruz hasn't gotten made a single out yet this season, so he clearly deserves it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what I don't. I don't know. I don't know. How you, you watch that guy, and I've watched more minor league at bats than probably ever in my life, just because we have Ellie. I want to compare him to some of these other guys. I want to compare him to the guys from last year, the Adley Rushmans and the. These, these Gunnar Hendersons and types, Corbin Carroll. I don't understand how you watch all these guys and then you watch Ellie De La Cruz and he's not number one. Like he, he might not have the, the polish of some of these guys, but the raw tools are not even close. 
So glad to see him get some recognition. I don't remember him being on many uh, non-Reds, you know, community-owned and operated sites, number one in the rankings. So love it for Ellie. Now let's just get him out in the field. Let's get into some of that magic with my boy CES down in the AAA and have some fun. Yeah, and the, the talk is that he should be back on the field here in the next week. Um, yeah, you know what I like about Ellie De La Cruz? Well, there, what don't, what, there's nothing to not like about him, but gosh, I, he's the type of player that I love to watch play just because he has fun. He, he acts like he wants to have fun every second out there. He's running all over the place. He wants to take that extra base. He wants to get up and, uh, you know, uh, swagger a little bit. I, I can't wait to see him in Cincinnati. He's a guy that I think, I think Red Fans are going to fall in love with. Oh, yeah. The picture associated with that article from just basically yes. him with the sunglasses on, just chilling. <laughs> Love this guy. That's great. Yeah, um, he's he's but I think, destined to become my favorite player. I think you're missing uh, – oh, no, there's one, one more piece here. Let's see if you see if you hit on it. What else you got for news? One more piece. Yes, I wanted to talk about more minor league news, the Chattanooga Lookouts. Did you see what happened with the Chattanooga Lookouts? Unbelievable. <laughs> They got no hit, Nate. The uh, Rocket City Trash Pandas, great name, by the way. The Rocket City Trash Pandas, AA uh, Angels affiliate, no hit the Chattanooga Lookouts. That is awful. That's embarrassing. How can a Reds minor league team get no hit, Nate? I don't know why I put this on here for us to talk about because I'm uh, I'm upset about it. Do you have any thoughts about this disastrous performance? You know, the, uh, the, the fighting, scrappy Reds, it's an organizational thing because those Lookouts came back and won. <laughs> and here's the thing i mean what a one to nothing win after getting no hit that happens sometimes or two to one or something like that they won seven to five <laughs> it was just insane i've never I seen mean, that i was like what's what's going never on seen here? anything like it yeah so um yeah, rocket city's up three to nothing in the seventh inning by the way trash pandas again solid elite elite uh, is, is that better than the flying squirrels of richmond virginia Slightly. Yeah, it is a little bit better. So, um, seventh inning, the uh, Trash Pandas removed their starting pitcher six, after six no-hit innings, and um, they bring in uh, their third-round pick out of the University of Tennessee to close out the game, hopefully. So, he walks the first two batters, then gets a pop-up. Third walk, loads the bases. Struck out the next batter on three pitches. So, we got bases loaded with two outs. Walked in a run on four pitches. Um, four pitches later, <laughs> deep fly ball to center, just short of the, uh, the warning track, but error on the center fielder, three-run error, Chattanooga takes the lead four to three. Still no hits, all walks and um, errors. So uh, another, new, another pitcher comes in, and um, new pitcher, a guy named Eric Torres, hit the first three batters he saw. <laughs> <laughs> Plunked all three, bringing in another run. Um, Alan Serta somehow avoided being hit by pitch, as Doug Gray uh, tells us at Red Lake Nation. But he uh, walked to bring another RBI. Wild pitch. Um, hit by pitch. And uh, that was that was basically. Anyway, seven to three. Um, five walks, four hit batters, a wild pitch and error. Seven runs on no hits. Unbelievable. That's just – I, I can't say it was fun, fun to watch, but um, it was uh, – Surreal, and it's another example of baseball been played for 150 years, and you are we still are seeing things that nobody ever has seen before. It's amazing, yeah, that's why it's the best game. But I gotta say, I think you actually uh, left off the most impactful news of the week. 
Did I? You did. Uh, Ian Happ signs a three-year extension with the Chicago Cubs so he can terrorize Reds and Reds fans in the NL Central for years to come. Yeah. You know, it's like uh, some of you of a certain vintage, if you've been a Reds fan for a while, you'll remember that a guy named Bill Hall for the Milwaukee Brewers, who was a, a f- okay player, but would destroy the Reds. And I always thought, you know what they should do? Even after he was not a legit big leader anymore, they should sign him to a contract where he only played against the Reds. You know, he's just going to be on the roster for 12 games or 15 games or whatever and just play against the Reds. And Ian Happ, I would have given anything for that guy to go to the American League. <laughs> Get out of the National League Central. Um, because he destroys the Reds. Ian Happ. Nate, do you have any fun facts about Ian Happ besides the fact that he, uh, you know, messes with the Reds every single time they play? No, I don't have any fun facts. Was I supposed to? I was unprepared for this question. <laughs> well, uh, it, was a, it was a trivia time that you'll, you'll, you know, you already know this, but you weren't prepared because I didn't prepare you. But it just irritates me that he does this to the Reds, given the fact that he played for this University of Cincinnati Bearcats. Yeah. I mean, get out of here, Ian Happ. Why would you do that to us? What did we do to you? When you were here, you know what I think it is. I think he just he really doesn't like Joe Farsing, our resident at University of Cincinnati. I've heard that. I've heard that about him. Then again, I've yet to meet anyone that does like Joe Farsing. So, um, just a quick check of the uh, box score again. The Reds are up six to two after Ooh. seven. Will Will Myers, a couple of ribeye steaks tonight, two for four with two RBIs. Oh man, Nixon's L over four, two strikeout. Uh, you see me just get deflated. The good stuff. We like the good stuff. Yeah. Well. Anyway, Spencer Steer two for three with a walk, a run scored and an RBI. Um, how about some viewer mail questions, Nate? Can we do some viewer mail questions? Let's get into it. I need to know what people need to know. <laughs> well, this week, um, not a lot, frankly. I know the fan base is depressed. Come on, get with it. The Reds are. They're one-run games. We're not that far. It's fun. Unlike the Jake, bullpen, we're not going to let you down. Bring your best stuff. Come on. That's right. We're going to finish out strong here, Nate. Jay Cottrell. Jay Cottrell asks, did you know that 15 minutes could save you 15% on your car insurance? But seriously, <laughs> we've been trying to reach you about your vehicle's extended warranty. Come on, Jay. Laughed. We're trying to finish strong. I legit laughed out loud when I saw that. <laughs> no, that's good. It's good stuff. That's what you get from our ridiculous... Uh, a ridiculous crew at, uh, at Patreon. Seth Shaner. Seth Shaner says, thank you for the kind words about the loss of my grandfather last week. Much appreciated. Boy, we had a moment on, on the podcast last week in that discussion where uh, it got a little uh, got a little dusty in here. Indeed. And uh, yeah, so uh, no, Seth, um, hope you're doing well. His question this week, what's the expiration date on this team being a fun watch while also bungling late inning leads? How far can we get before the losses counteract Viking helmets, scrappy play, and exciting young starting pitching. And this, I think, is a really good question, and it's something I've thought about. Uh, you know, the, the Viking stuff, does that work when you're 20 games out of first place at the end of August? You know, are they, are they, are they still going to be doing that stuff? Um, I don't know the answer to this question, Seth. What's the expiration date? I think that we can go a long way on interesting. And the reason why I say we can go a long way on interesting slash fun even when they're losing, is if they're losing close games, first of all, but also that no one really thought they were going to be good this year. We were expecting the losses. We weren't necessarily expecting the fun. 
So I think that we've got a little while before the expiration date comes, but you know, you hit the dog days and they're again, if they're 20 games below 500 or something in last place, it's probably going to get ugly around Cincinnati once again. So I'm just glad to have a little bit of a respite from it. Nate, any thoughts about that question? Yeah. It's kind of like what I was alluding to earlier. Just, I, I don't expect it to happen too soon. I, I hope that that moment when it comes is a, is a lot further from now than I'm afraid it might be. Because if that moment happens at the end of August, that means we had a fun team for the better part of the season. But if that happens in the middle of June or early July, then that means we still have half a season of baseball left and we're just watching a, I don't know, lifeless team that's blowing leads all the time. But in the meantime, you know what? I'll take it all back. We're maniacs. We're going to keep watching. We're going to keep having fun. As long as they're having fun, we love this team. You know, it's a death do us part. So it's, it's, it's not going to get old. It's going to be great. But I will well, direct all of my ire to David Stinking Bell. <laughs> get out of here. Fire David Bell. Fire they don't ask David you. Bell. I'm going to ask you something uh, here on the on the show that we probably should talk about off air, but I'm going to do it right here in front of everyone. Should I should I, should I title this episode "Fire David Bell"? Yeah, absolutely should, and I bet we have the most <laughs> clicks. <laughs> All right, we're gonna we're gonna I do well. David you can put Bell. it in quote marks and then put my name, Nate. <laughs> I don't know, but I think we're, we'll do do a test test run on that. And see how it goes. Uh, <laughs> I don't know that David Bell's done anything to deserve being fired, but I don't know that he's done anything to deserve keeping his job either. It's the same thing we've been saying forever. He's you just pinch hit for his number two and three hitters in the ninth inning. Uh, one true. run game. Immediate firing. <laughs> um and also Stu Fairchild batted third tonight. You know, that's the that's the, again the line of border, how much difference to make, I don't know. But hitting these guys like Vosler, it worked out a couple times, but hitting Vosler, hitting uh Fairchild, hitting Kevin Newman fifth. Spencer Steer um, batting seventh for the first 15 games. It's 10. I mean, maybe I'm wrong because I'm not Bill James, but maybe there are analytics that show that's the right thing to do. But I haven't seen what they could be. I don't know what they could be. I, all right, I'm with you. That's it. <laughs> He's out. Fire David Bell. Get rid of him. Let's get uh, let's get Jim Riggleman. Oh, no, maybe not. Whoa, let's, get, whoa, uh, whoa. let's get Jerry Narrett. Um, Bob Boone. Ray Knight. Dave Miley. <laughs> Be careful what you wish for when they, if they fire for David Bell, man. <laughs> Bad ones. Um, yeah, the, I, I uh, maybe Barry Larkin, but at least we'll get him out of the oh, booth. No, I want him to stay in the booth. He's, I don't want him to. He's, he's, he's been better. He's been better this year. You, you know, that's actually true. I mean, he was really bad last year. And I hate to, hated to say that because he's my favorite player of all time. Love, love Barry Larkin. Yeah. And that's why I don't want him in the in the dugout because it's no win for him. He's he, every manager gets fired almost, and I don't need that. But um, yeah. I, I regret to inform you that Derek Law has entered the chat. Oh Lord, Law just don't go around here. Scoreless inning, struck out two of the three. <laughs> Derek weird, Law, baseball so it. weird. I love it. Kansas Law dog, <laughs> Law don't go around here. Um, all right, one more question here, Nate, then we'll then we'll call it quits. Joey Gaditza. Joey Gaditza asked a question that I've uh, I wish I had a better answer for, unfortunately. Did you ever keep a list of all of our beer league softball positions? You know, if you join the the family, you get a beer league softball position. I asked because we could definitely use a reliever or two. <laughs> May as well take from the family farm. Can't get any worse. Another bullpen comment. I wish at the beginning of all this 
we had kept track of everyone's yeah. positions. And we didn't because it was just something dumb that we started. Like everything here is just, oh, let's have fun with this guy. Probably some somebody that had a goofy name. And I was like, oh, let's, let's, let's say we're just going to play. Um, so I don't know. So what we need to do is in our Slack channel, everyone in the family needs to go in there and tell me what your position was that you were assigned. Um, and so we'll start to compile it that way. And maybe we'll keep track going forward. But uh, I, you know, we had, who do we have last week? Um, Eric, I think. We and Eric. We, yeah. And, and we beer, uh, gave beer slug in first baseman. That's right. So we remember his. Uh, and thanks for he. I'm glad he's able to join us this week on the uh, Patreon hangout. Yeah. That was a good. It was a good hangout. We had fun on those, man. Just you know, we just talk about the game. But anyway, um, I wish we had kept track, but we haven't. So we'll start to keep track going forward, maybe. But only if everyone jumps into the Slack channel and tells us what position you were given. All right, Nate. What else is uh, what else is going on around the riverfront? I don't have too much. Um, I know that Tim is still doing some really exciting things over there on Late Night Reds, the uh, Sunday live show. They had Locked On guys, Jeff and Steve, last week, and I think he's doing an obscure former Reds draft with uh, Ken at Obscure Former Reds this Sunday, which is going to be a blast. I know a lot of our listeners will appreciate. Um, Joe and Greg crushing things over there on the Bengals show. They did a little draft preview last week, and I know that they're not doing the regularly scheduled show this week because they're kind of waiting on some news to drop that is absolutely dropping sometime, but it's going to get a big reaction out of Bengals Phantom. So uh, stay tuned probably later in the week for a uh, Riverfront Bengals show podcast. And I'll tell you, if you ha- did, haven't listened to the most recent Riverfront uh, Bengals show, you, sh- you should go listen to it, the draft preview because Joe and Greg do a great job. And uh, Greg's a great addition to the family. Uh, Joe is, he's Joe, he's whatever, you know. No, Joe's great, and uh, that show keeps getting better now that Greg is there and and Nate is not. By far, my biggest contribution to the Riverfront <laughs> Podcast Network was not doing the Bengals Show podcast anymore. Uh, I would also recommend that you uh, join the Late uh, Not Red Show every Sunday night. Like Nate said, this week we have an obscure former Reds draft, which is going to be great. But this past week with the Locked On guys there, and the, Jeff and Steve are good guys. I like them. I've uh, known them for a while. And I've been on their show because I want to help them, support them, whatever they do. Um, and uh, But I, I, I could have joined the podcast, but instead I chose to just hang around in the comments and just had a blast talking with Pat Magooch and the, uh, the, goat. <laughs> the goat of Late Night Red's comments and, and just, uh, you know, talking about interacting. And it's a, such a good format. It's such a fun format. I'm glad we ha- are able to add that live element to the Riverfront in addition to, to this show. So uh, go check them out. Nate, any final thoughts for us before we get out of here? Go Reds, man. This has uh, been a lot more fun than we expected. So hopefully we can keep this up a little bit longer. Yeah, I would agree 100%. Fire David Bell. Um, Reds are winning 6-2, bottom of the eighth. So thanks, everyone, for listening and supporting The Riverfront. Uh, Please remember to subscribe to the show either uh, on YouTube or in your favorite podcast app. If you're on YouTube, smash that subscribe button. Smash it. Smash it. You have consent. Um, If you're uh, on your favorite podcast app, subscribe. Follow whatever it says. Uh, leave us a review if you want, but mostly go tell people. That's how you grow podcasts. Word of mouth. You can find us on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. We're at Riverfront Cincy on all those platforms, at Riverfront Cincy. And if you're following us on Twitter and Facebook, you will be able to get the live show 
uh, as well as you, you can at youtube.com slash riverfront sensi live streams to all those uh, outlets and then once again finally huge thank you to our supporters at uh, patreon.com slash riverfront sensi all right shout out to adam dunn Shouts to Lisa Alberto, Wayne Krenchicki, and Eli Cash for Nate Dotson and Gookie Dawkins. This is Chad Dotson saying so long, everyone.